Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Coming off that late-day comeback in Monday's session, futures have lost some ground this morning as the market weighs the impact of the U.S.-Iran conflict. Got a host of upgrades and more gains for semis. Europe is up. Oil takes a breather, but gold still near some six-year highs. Our roadmap begins with the resilient market. Stocks open lower, but within striking distance of new all-time highs as investors look to shake off Middle East worries. Plus the geopolitical risk for oil. Chevron is pulling U.S. oil workers from Iraq. Its CEO, Michael Wirth, is going to join us exclusively this hour. And Tesla on a tear. Shares set to hit a new record at the open as electric car maker delivers its first China-made Model 3 to customers. 24 hours ago, looked like the sell-off might continue on, uh, on Monday in reaction to those Middle East tensions, but stocks did erase earlier losses to finish yesterday in the green. Major indices saw their third positive session in four, Jim. Uh, we watch gold here, but are we betting that this is going to be short in duration and limited in scope? You used the word resilient. Uh, I keep thinking about that word over and over and over again. Uh, and that's the word that defines this market, because yesterday... Uh, when we were down very bit, ugly, down 200 Dow points, I know the Dow's atavistic. When we were down that much, it did look like the beginning of something big. And you, you know what you immediately saw? Shorts pressing the bed, thinking, this is it. This is the big one. It wasn't the big one. And uh, I, I almost feel like that unless something happens that's completely out of left field, I mean, if you read the, what Iran 10 wants to target, people want to own stocks. They, they want to own them so badly. And they want to own them, even if they've gone up a great deal. Amazon, 1900. Suddenly people are talking about Amazon's getting interested. I see people talking about AMD, as if AMD wasn't up the most in, in the S&P. Now suddenly they like it. People raising the price target. Goldman reorganization, I think it's very important. Stock just went up 50 points. Well, re- uh, 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 well changing um, the way they report segments. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, not a I'm reorganization just, of uh, a personnel. Right, but I'm saying that y- you could argue... Right. Uh, major, or you could yeah. argue uh, that, you know what, I, uh, people are willing to come in even up here, even though the, it had a very good run, one of the strongest performers in the Dow. did a lot there to talk about. So though. what, yeah. what I, I, I think I want to be a little cautionary is, like, where have these people been? I mean, where has Cowan been? Micron is just up huge. Now they like that. But, Carl, the, the thirst for stocks and the moment that they went down, Almost remind me of Feb- reminded me of 2018, where we did great, and then suddenly the, the VIX blows up in the first week of February. But right now, I mean, uh, it, if unless Iran does something radical and erratic, people want to own stocks. Yeah. Well, you say where have people been? I mean, Phase One, Brexit clarity, USMCA. Uh, 232 expiration. I mean, all these good things have been happening. You're it's right. the first big week of the year. And, China was uh, not mentioned yesterday. It didn't it's going to get mentioned next week. Right. I mean, it, it was rather amazing that, you know, you leave on vacation and it's all China. You come back and it's all Iran. But in the meantime, you've got a lot of companies in CES saying great things with the possibility that maybe you can do a lot of business in China. I, I can craft, uh, like my friend Byron Weiner this morning, a bunch of positive scenarios. I'll give you one that... How about if Bernie Sanders wins Iowa? David, mm-hmm. first week of February? Yes, coming up um, now. That's New Hampshire is actually Second close. week of February, right? Mm-hmm. Feb 3, what? Feb 11? Feb, Feb 3, Feb 11? Are you giving me a good scenario here? Well, I am In saying words, that, that a lot of people will say, ah, Sanders versus Trump. Right. And Trump, hate him or like him, pretty darn good for the stock market. 
Sanders can't beat Trump. That's I'm, I'm crafting that. Well, there's another there's another scenario that says Sanders wins one, and then uh, Buttigieg wins one, and somebody else wins another, and you go to Super Tuesday, Have and you're you? Michael Bloomberg, and you actually get what you're hoping for, which is 15 plus percent, and then you get a brokered convention, and that would be positive too. Now, what is that's like, highly unlikely, but 1924 Secretary McAdoo might happen sometime. Well, might about, as well be now. I mean, so I was talking with my nephew, who's the head writer for the show and only writer for the show, Cliff Mason. Mad Money, and he says, Let's "Are you for Mad Money?" He said, "Have you seen the numbers for Buttigieg?" Have you seen? Have you seen the money that's coming in? You, you better start focusing on him. Wall Street loves Buttigieg. How about that? All right, he's got so huge, huge props from Tudor Jones and some others. It's true. Yeah. I, so uh, I think that again, I, I'm crafting positive. Buttigieg good for the stock market. Trump good for the stock yeah, but market. But meanwhile, yesterday you be- were saying the market was over, was downplaying the risks. Well, I, I am looking at a February kind of problem, a 2018 February, meaning that we just keep going. Remember, like January is pretty good that year, and then we got tariffs with VIX. I, I look. Am I positive? I'm more neutral than positive. But when I come in and I see microchip pre-announcing, even though you know, look, they say the business is going to be down 3.75 to 4.25 instead of down three to seven. But that's industrial. That's commerce. That's consumer. That's aerospace. That's defense. I, that's that's the the economy. So I keep seeing things that defy my desire to be more bearish. Well, certainly a uh, little reason to be bearish on uh, Tesla today on track to open at a new record high. Company announces a program to build the Model Y SUV at its Shanghai Gigafactory, delivering its first China-built Model 3 cars to the public. And during that ceremony, if you haven't seen it by now, Musk expresses his joy by dancing on stage, proceeding to strip off his jacket, reveal a T-shirt with the cartoon of the factory. Also spoke about boosting Tesla's presence. This is, you gotta just watch this. You can't, uh, you can't cut away from this. Uh, this is Musk talking about the company's presence in China. Take a listen. We intend to make, um, continue making a significant investment and increasing the investment uh, in China, um, making the Model 3, uh, and the Model Y, and uh, and future models also in, in China. Um, and I think something that would be, I think, super cool would be to, and, and so we're going to do it, uh, I mean, we're going to try to do it, is uh, to create a, um, a China Design and Engineering Center to actually design a, a, an original car in China for worldwide consumption. So you've had nice things to say about it. Too. Oh, yeah, more, I mean, he, maybe more positive than I've ever heard ever. you oh, talk he about. Oh, you can go naked. I wouldn't give a damn. I mean, it's, <laughs> that would be somewhat, I don't know if I really want to truly go naked. Uh, oh, I don't give a damn. This thing, what are you looking at? I'm looking at you. I magic catch this thing at 280, David. Yes, my, you did. After you my did. daughters told me I was a has-been, and my wife said, have you even tried to drive it? I know, As with the CFO said, we raised $2 billion instantly. Uh, I'm a believer. Ten months he built that plant. Yeah. Ten months. Hey, listen, the moment you throw a rock at a window and it goes right through it and the deposits soar, I mean, come on. I mean, when you, it, David, 27% of the, the you know, float is short. People right. still don't believe. And let's not forget, there are any number of Musk companies. You know, when I, I the had the opportunity to well. speak to a, a, a handful of people who work at not just Tesla, but other places. And one thing they uniformly say is how hard he pushes to get things done. Some even saying perhaps pushing too hard, too fast. But you can't underestimate um, his ability to move an organization and move it 
quickly. Why is Tesla not worth twice the value of Ford and GM together? Given the fact that Ford's a declining asset, GM, GM seems to not know what to do. People well, GM's found- sales in China were down again, of oh, course. They still Ford, sold over 3 million Ford vehicles Q4, there. sales down 1.3. Well, that's a great asset yep. to have. That dividend seems to save And it is interesting please. to contrast GM in China, which is a very important market for it. Remember, they sell yeah. more autos in China than they do here. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the yeah, yeah? yeah. Well, because it's I mean, still three. Plus I was watching million. Dom this morning. I don't know if you get up to watch Dom this morning with Brian Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get up to watch that mm-hmm. four o'clock show too. Uh, it's infomercials, but he, oh, the, is it? Thanks. Dom was marveling over the idea that Tesla is almost as big as the market cap of GM and Ford. Well, but of course, one has it, 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 incredible growth. The other two, well, Ford's wasting asset so far. And GM, I don't know. Show me what GM did. They're doing a lot of autonomous. I was listening to Byron Wien. I totally agree. Autonomous is really years out. And that's because when you do the simulations, they, they crash too much. Yeah, one of, one of Byron's surprises much. is the idea that the dream of full autonomy gets pushed out this year because of some maybe unnerving events. Well, I, I was at uh, NVIDIA, and I saw the brilliant Jensen Wong show me simulations. I mean, they have to do... Millions and millions of simulations. And, you know, the car's in snow. The car's in black ice. The the car's with pedestrians doing the wrong thing. Right. I mean, these are all suboptimal. Yes. Uh, Listen, we sat here, what, three, four years ago talking about the fact that we thought autonomy would be here in 2020. You loved autonomy, remember? I did. You loved autonomy. I did. I I Not love. the company that HP EV. bought, by the way. I love it. No, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was ill-advised. That was ill-advised. Uh, but yes. I like EV. I, you know, we're going to speak to the CEO of Chevron. I like Mike Worth. I like him a lot. What happens when we all go EV? What? What happens? What happens to Chevron? You want uh, me to Chevron? I, I don't know. Well, don't you think we have to ask Mike Worth uh, about if Chevron? Not, if not today than in coming weeks or years. Well, Chevron we all what? go. EV as a percent right now is still what? Two, three percent, somewhere in there. That's a lot of lot of growth. What did Chevron go up? Forty percent on this problem with Iran? Is it fifty percent? How about uh, no, nothing? Nothing. Zippo. How about nothing? Yeah, nothing. Well, what? Hey, but by the way, the, oil the commodity didn't really move that much no, not at all. Five year, five yeah. year. I don't want to be in Mike's business. I think Mike's terrific, but that's not a business I want to be in right now. And Apache up four. Oh, sold to you. I mean, surname. I mean, Apache killed us on the Alpine High, so now they'll kill us in Guyana. They're like the serial killer. Serial killer. Well, investors uh, agree with you because they don't seem to like the sector either. For years going, it was the worst performer, or certainly one of them last year, underperforming. Chevron was down yesterday. Yeah. I mean, what does it take? What does it take? That no one can take them over? No. Oil at 100 bucks would probably be good. That would help. Funny. Hey, how's that Anadarko bid that you put together? When you put together, you know what, Oxy? There's a lot coming on that, I think. There's going to be a lot more synergies, perhaps, than you anticipate, Mr. Negative. Synergy? Synergy is oil at 70. Yes. Well, we're almost there. No, no, the forward curve. What's Ham's worry is 75, right? Ham. He told me he liked 80 when it was in front. He liked Ham. Harold says the same thing every time. Ham, pastrami, I don't know, a boar's head. Sorry, that was... That was irreverent. <laughs> it's okay. You're allowed to be irreverent. Not the first time he's heard that. He no. is worth I mean, $10 billion. Billion. Really? He's 10 on the schoolyard. Oh, darn it. Somebody I thought it was really good. Other people are using it? What, what network are they using it? I'll watch a network. Cartoon network? Just, what channel's cartoon? Is that Viacom? That's, no, that's, uh, that's, that's Warner. Viacom was saying shit. Hold it a shit. 
Viacom remains the most genius. It's going to be part of HBO Max. Four times earnings. How do we get back to Viacom? Because we're doing a lot of a lot of growth by association. It's like Jim's brain, and then there's this whole part right there that's just Viacom. Non-linear thinking is the way to go in 2020. It's true. I understand that. I am on. I don't know if you noticed my weight since I came back. I'm on. I am on a turn back time tour. Are you really? Yes, I am. I'm on a shared turn back. We have Planet Fitness today. Yes, we do. I'm on the turn back time. You had them on last night, didn't you? Yeah. All right. He's turning back time. We're going we're gonna to get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. As uh, Jim said, later we're going to talk to Chevron CEO exclusively. Michael Wirth, his company, is pulling employees out of Iraq amid these tensions in the Middle East. Watch futures. We'll get to these upgrades of PayPal, Timo, CSX, Square, FireEye, Kellogg, Micron, and more. We're back in a moment. Let's get to the bond pitch. Check in with Rick Santelli at the CME. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Well, it's an interesting day because I thought we'd get a little bit more move off of the drop in the trade balance, deficit smaller, smallest in years. But there's a lot of moving parts there, and the market didn't pay a lot of attention. Look at a four-day chart. I picked four days, of course, because the Iranian incident, of course, occurred on Thursday, four sessions ago. And you can see we've stabilized in a tight range. But tight range, well... Let's open the chart up to mid-October. You know, basically, 10-year note yields have been closing in a range of 170 to 190. Now, granted, it's basically 20 basis points, but it has been a tight range. If you look at a four-day of boons, you can see the same pattern and do realize that their highest yield close for this cycle is right around 24 minus 24 basis points. So we're five basis points away. It's obviously in a tighter range, but the formations are the same. Some of their inflation data ticked up a bit, not nowhere near their target. But of course, Christine Lagarde is going to have her hands full trying to raise inflation levels without doing more damage to the economy at large and maybe address some of the chronic structural issues, get a little fiscal activity going. Finally, when it comes to trade and trying to look at that number this morning, I can't help but think of China and how things may start to clean up a little bit. And to that end, the currency market seems to agree. The dollar versus the Chinese currency, well, the dollar's at basically the lowest level since July, which means the Yuan is at the best level since July. David, Jim, back to you. All right. Thank you, Rick Santelli. And as we count you down to the opening bell, about 13 minutes before we get started with the trading here, let's get to a mad dash. You know, of all the names, of all the stocks in all the world, I would say AMD has been your favorite over the last three years. Absolutely. You love Lisa Sue, of yes. Queens' own, as we like to yes. say as well. well. There, there are two CEOs born within 15 blocks of each other. Yes. Uh, Lisa Detweiler, CEO of Jim Cramer, my wife, and Lisa Sue. Uh, and so not a surprise that AMD would make its debut early in the year on your mad dash. But why today? Well... This is who gave a, this is CES going on. We have some unbelievable coverage. Yeah, John Ford is there. But at the, you're uh, talking at about the a roadmap. Uh, they've left Intel behind, I think, because Intel's had manufacturing problems. David, they're starting. They're, Just think about that sentence for a second. Uh, AMD uh, has left Intel behind. I remember when Jerry, when Jerry Sanders ran, AM, ran AMD, and I was friendly with the board members, now deceased, at Intel. And they thought it was really important to keep AMD alive so there would be no antitrust. Right. Now AMD has just got the mojo. It's getting the clients, all the big clients. Now, today there's heresy, David. There are analysts talking about that Nomura says that AMD is going to take share from from my dog. NVIDIA. NVIDIA. I just, now, of course, they're related. You know, Lisa and Jensen Mon are related. 
Are they? Yes, yeah, well, told two smartest executives in, in the world yeah. are cousins. But I don't think she can do that. I, I had this argument three years ago when I said, I don't think you can take and share what, from and Intel. What area would, what area would they center. be taking? Data center. Okay. I had, I, three years ago, she said to me, Jim, I'm gonna ta- I am going to trump Intel. I said, oh, give me a break. Well, now I've, I'm starting to take notice. Mm-hmm. Now, I think NVIDIA, the data center market is big enough as that. But, David, look at this, will you? David, this is why it's important just to be in stupid index funds and not pick stocks and not try to see. Because, you see, this has single stock risk. Have you seen those ads? There. No, it's not as good as being an index fund, David, because people are stupid. And we shouldn't let them pick stocks except for AMD. Congratulations to Lisa Sue. All right. The roadmap is mostly Italy, by the way. She names all of her chips like Rome, yeah. you know, Florence. I've been trying to get her to do some of the cooler areas. Sure. You know, Positano. Right. I look forward to seeing it right? someday. How about uh, maybe Capri? Lo- yeah, Capri, actually, though. Yes, I remember that. Where I saw the captain. You did? I saw the captain in Capri. I said hello. He said nothing to me. You know who the captain is? No. It's a cheater. Oh. Yeah, he said nothing to me. Said, wow, hey. He looked... Hmm. Kid too. We had his wife on oh. last years ago. Well, we have Anna. to go. Will you look at that stock? Wow. Look at All that. Right. Coming up, oil and geopolitical tensions. We're going to want to hear from oh. Chevron, of course. The CEO Mike Worth. He's going to join us, talking about the price I, of the I commodity. Have a Chevron. Those I, I gave you charter Chevron. Thank you. Jam-packed morning. Futures in the red between. Uh, Iran being in focus, a host of upgrades, got some eco data at the top of the hour. And in a few moments, an exclusive with the CEO of Chevron, Michael Worth, and the opening bell in seven minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in four minutes, very busy Tuesday morning. Uh, Jim and David were talking about Goldman a moment ago, doing some reorg. The bank's now calling its four main segments global markets, investment banking, asset management, and consumer and wealth management. Changes come just before Q4 earnings, as well as its first ever investor day later this month. A big page one piece in the journal about... Internally, they believe shares should be trading higher, uh, and as a result, they'll be expanding some uh, disclosure, some metrics. They're trying to present more transparency, and a lot of it just makes sense in the face of it when you consider things uh, in terms of where they're moving certain things, lending uh, to corporate clients, where does that really belong, Uh, derivatives related to advisory and underwriting. Again, these things uh, had been designated in sort of segments that really don't exist so to speak. And so they've set themselves up with segments that reflect how they run the business um, in the hopes of presenting more transparency. Nobody can argue with that. They're giving the analysts a week heads up, essentially, to sort of get comfortable with it before they report earnings. But Carl, as you point out, important day is going to come on the 29th with their investor day. And even though the stock, Jim, has done well, I think there is still frustration on the part of many members of the organization who rely on that stock to a certain extent uh, and in the investor base overall. So much change has been pushed on the organization by its senior management team, led by David Solomon. There is an argument to be made that the last few years under former CEO Lloyd Blankfein, the organization had become somewhat sclerotic. Uh, and, And But the question is, when you push that much change and you don't see a result, do you bring even more pressure from shareholders? This consumer division, consumer wealth management, when I was in the wealth management business at Goldman, if you brought in anyone less than $10 million, they told me, don't waste my time. 
David, what's it now? $10? (laughs) It's a lot lower, as they do focus to a certain extent on consumer. Um, How about how opaque they are about the card? But I've done a lot of work on the card. The Apple card, which Goldman is the... Right. And it is doing very, very well. So well that one day the people behind the card think that it may have to be spun out. And yet, here's the tangible book, 210. Ten times earnings. This is Goldman Sachs, not Goldman Slacks. But when do you believe investors step up and start to show the willingness to pay premium again that they once did for the franchise? I think that that you have to believe that these other business, that Marcus, they got to change that name. I'm sorry, Lloyd. I know you like the name Marcus, but I think you have to see a steady increase. No more episodic quarters. Just steady as she goes increases. Then you can start getting a, when you're not going to get a JP Morgan loan. Right. Um, one, uh, the Investor Day, again, there had been some reporting about what they would uh, provide and wouldn't in terms of financial targets. What I can tell you is they are going to provide enterprise-level-wide targets, medium-term right. targets for returns from a returns point of view. So what they're anticipating, right. and that's going to be important, and that will be on each segment. Um, so they are going to give, to some extent, real targets for people to but hold there, them accountable to. But there is a country called Malaysia. Yeah. We're looking at maybe $2 billion with justice. What, $3 billion maybe Malaysia? $5 billion? got to get this Malaysian thing passed. Yeah. That book, did you read that billion-dollar no, will? I didn't. I should have read it on vacation. I read some un- other stuff. Unflattered. Yeah. Unflattered. A big day, a best of day, and of course, J.P. Morgan will kick off earnings season a week from today. There's the opening bell, the S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board. It is Planet Fitness celebrating the opening of its 2,000th location at the NASDAQ uh, P-Volve, a resistance-based, high-intensity, low-impact fitness method. All the Goldman uh, chatter today reminds me of UBS cutting... JPM and B of A to neutral, yeah. uh, saying wait for a better entry point on uh, B of A. Uh, JPM upside warranted only if profitability expands materially. You know, I, I think Bank of America is still a very cheap stock. I was listening to Byron Wien this morning. He says that has to cut again. Uh, a lot of people used to think that that's bad for the banks. Now we start saying, listen, wait a second. Anything that just is going to foment more business activity is good. Bank of America's had a nice move. Well, all the banks had a great move last look, year. As look, you they're see still there. selling I mean, look it. At those. Look at they're that. selling it multiples that are you know, a fraction of what a cereal company sells. Yeah. Does that make sense? No. Doesn't make sense at all. So you sell General Mills, buy J.P. Morgan. What? I didn't, look, I wasn't crazy about the General Mills quarter. They did play a lot for that blue buff, and that's been a, a winner. It's been a winner. And, Credit and, yeah. Suisse ups Kellogg today. Uh, I, new, I thought that was interesting. Kellogg's having a good quarter. Yeah, new price target seventy eight. Kellogg, I know Kellogg's got a three percent yield. It's doing better. Uh, it, doing better than General Mills right now. But then again, it's kind of low to high. I don't know. I just don't believe that Bank of America and Goldman should be as low as they are. I just don't think. I mean, they have, they're so far behind the market. Well, financials were a great place to be last year. They ended up outperforming, That's I think, true. the S&P That's with true. that big move towards the end of the year. That's true. But a lot of stocks are just kind of catching up to where they were. Uh, Amazon still hasn't taken out its high. Texas Instruments finally back off of the microchip uh, pre-announcement higher. Uh, when I look at tech, I'm, I'm Alphabet finally getting a multiple. By the way, David, Alphabet, do you know that yeah. the drumbeat to break up? And to be more accountable, talk about being more but accountable. But Alphabet has been a great performer this year already. It's I, up 4.5%. 
0.3%. There it is. Have you met this guy, Kurt? The data center guy? No. The cloud? Google cloud? No. Most impressive guy I've met in Silicon Valley. They want to be very aggressive and try and really to compete with AWS and and, and Microsoft's Azure. Meanwhile, they're still a distant third. I I want to bet on LeBron James, the data center. That's what you're calling this guy? What's his name? What's his name? Thomas Curry. Thomas Curry. Well, I sound from Philadelphia. He just at the what? Nothing you slur at the end of long He's a names. You just well, okay. I have a lot to say and not a lot of time. <laughs> all right, and I got to do enough free association and to I'm stun like, you. Huh? And my hearing's going too. Thomas, that's, that's your hearing is that's going. That's my problem for oh sure. Oh my god! But yeah. Google, has, it's loud in here too. But yes, yes, it is. And Welcome that's, uh, to Mr. Your Rondo, mid-50s. right there. Mr. Rondo, the man who uh, rang the bell, Planet Fitness. He started at the front desk of a Planet Fitness. That's what you can do, David, in this country. There's still hope for me? That's great. I'll start at the front desk of a Planet Fitness. 2000, David. Good to Planet see you Fitness again. franchise to, is good. Yeah. Especially uh, when you see Pier 1 closing stores. I mean, this is the most desirable tenant in the world because it's experiential. And by the way, David, you don't have to be beautiful like by, you know, Peloton. Hey, those people who ride on Peloton, they they're are. in unbelievable shape. Why do they have to ride on Peloton? They are. They have the nicest looking people on those bikes. Yeah, enough of that. Ads. You know, Planet Fitness, they got people who are, you know, look like the rest people. of us. Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't feel embarrassed to go oh. in there. No judgments. No. I, I'm a Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> we put a Peloton. You want free, you want free association? Yeah, sure. I had a trainer. And right before I, the, pre, the client before me was Scarlett Johansson. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, I had to stop. I had to quit. <laughs> I mean, um, well, this is going to be great when you take an Avengers role because you'll be cut, right? You'll be jacked, just like Scarlett is. <laughs> I like this man. He's turning back time. Um, it's my turn back time tour. Yeah, it's a tour. Oh, sure. it's a tour really quick, now. guys. You, you mentioned Fang. Uh, two pieces. One is Facebook is going to ban deep fakes, yeah. although they're not going to remove, remove right. certain content that is a parody or satire. And then JPM ups their paid sub estimates for Netflix. That this was unbelievable. Out. 300 going, million? Yeah, 300 million 300 for million. 2024. I mean, you know, there's 7 billion people in the world, okay? Yeah. I mean, that's the, is that the target market? Is that the total? Is that the TAM, David? That's the is TAM. Is that the TAM, that, 7 billion? That is the TAM. It's the TAM. More or less. I Now, India is important. I don't know how many of them are getting it in China. I don't think... Uh, China, what do you sound like the president? I don't think it's big there. What? You sound like the president. China. I do? China. 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 We're going to make fun of how we talk this morning. Is that the whole show? Listen, I told you I went to my 45th high school reunion. Everybody sounded like me. He was was barely from Queens. He was from Jamaica State. Nice. Um, Nice Let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, T-Mobile, because they did come out with numbers this morning, guys, in terms of uh, customer additions. Um, Let me give you Walt Pysik's take on it uh, from uh, Lightshed. They pre-announced a million postpaid phone net ads in Q4. Uh, churn was up a bit to 1.01% year over year for the first time since the first quarter of 2016. The net ads were on the higher uh, on the higher churn. Pizik says likely means phone gross additions return to growth for the first time in a year. Maybe that has positive overtures for Apple. You never know. Wow. Uh, 77,000 fourth quarter prepaid net ads. That was below consensus uh, and below last year. So you can see where... Not much of a response there. Most important, of course, is you're going to get closing arguments in the big trial, the state AGs, against Sprint and T-Mobile, trying to force a a judge to block their deal to uh, acquire Sprint. Uh, You'll get final arguments next week. We won't get a decision probably until mid-February. 
But a lot of people continue to weigh in on the likelihood that the judge there, Judge Morero, says no. Uh, and certainly it seems to be at the least 50-50, if not a higher percentage, again, uh, believe he will say no. Well, Instinet has a piece today I thought was very compelling, uh, which talks about the share should also rise on a broken deal. Email. That's right. Very smart That's sort of the, they're saying win-win. Target What's 96. their thoughts for why it would go up even on a on a broken deal? Well, I mean, the um, free cash flow, yeah. EBITDA, really much stronger than people realize. Mm-hmm. It's actual fundamentals. They like that. Right. Who's running T-Mobile? If, uh, Mike Seaver is, uh, is the CEO of T-Mobile. Soon. Close to uh, no, I haven't really gotten to know him well. Because John I look Ledger, forward to getting to know him. John Ledger's still, you know, there till the spring. But John yeah. Ledger, you don't, you know, John Ledger's going to be my co-host on Man Money. When? He's going to take over uh, when I take Fridays off, kind of like when Carson took him off. Joan Wait, Rivers. The, Joan Rivers. John Ledger's going to be yeah. the Joan Rivers of Mad wow. Money. Does anyone believe that? Until he starts his own, and then you're going to never talk to right, him again. I want speak. him to be. I've talked to him went about to Fox. this. I have talked to him. Oh, my yeah. God. Was Johnny so angry? Remember how angry Johnny was? It's famous. Oh, John my Ledger God. Knows that if and when the John- opportunity arises, we would love to have him as a contributor to the network, which would be great. Uh, I have Sitting asked right him. Sitting right there. I have asked him. I want him. I think he's one of the most colorful figures. He built a great company. Will you let him hit the soundboard? Something uh, you will not let even David nor I do? He can do whatever he wants. Wow. Just like just like Elon's allowed to be naked, he can hit any button. Okay? Wow, that's big. He's so great. Uh, Beyond Meat up 2% on this impossible news that they are going to start uh, a plant-based sausage patty in some Burger Kings. Uh, other restaurant news, Starbucks, Jim, 1,300 cafes going to launch the Oat milk honey latte. So menu innovation continues to be a piece Kevin Johnson, of the story. Kevin Johnson continues to do a good job. Now, that stock is a good example of a stock that's down 10 from its high. I mean, that's kind of the opportunities that I'm seeing. Many stocks are down dramatically from their highs, and people are going for those. And I, I think that does matter. I, I think that there's opportunity in, in, uh, in Starbucks. I think there's opportunity in Nike. I think Nike can go higher. You know, Kevin Johnson comes in, all right, a technologist, places Howard Schultz. Mark Parker goes out, right? John Donahoe, ServiceNow comes in, a technologist, be able to further the direct-to-consumer personalization. Who would know more? Donahoe knows his way around that stuff, yes, without a doubt. Does. And ServiceNow, obviously, that's an important part of what they've done or what they did what he did there. I, I like uh, that. Although he wasn't there. in the job. How many years was he at service now? For a couple of years? Some people say not long enough. Yeah. You know that? Some people. Some people. Well, I'll tell you, I can't wait to see what, what McDermott does at service now. McDermott's big. He's big think. He's big think. You ever go to any of his events? I don't know that I have. That's why I saw Billy Joel. He wanted a selfie with me. How do you like that? You know, I, I, yes, because you've told us. Many times. Yes, many times. Many times about the Billy Joel day. selfie. Because that, was made you, that was made your year. That was your highlight of 2019. Pretty much so. He takes that chopper in from the Hamptons, does that show. Someone gave me uh, tickets for Christmas for the show. My stepdaughter. I can't wait. I got to go. I got to go see him. How about that? There you go. We're in agreement. It says, boy, we're making people a lot of money, aren't we? We are, yes. You're doing great. You're doing Goldman great. Sachs up $2.57. Goldman's on having David's a nice little news. move today. On David's news. I don't think that's my news. No, it's their Did news. Did you see the FireEye upgrade? I was going to say, uh, SunTrust ups to buy at price target 22. They are citing tensions around Iran as we await some it, kind of response. It's been a, lo- it's been a, uh, a Lagarde, as uh, Wolf 
Wolf Frost would say, in a lager. <laughs> not a Christine Lagarde. Yeah, and, and I don't, I'm not sure I want it. I like CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike has a division that competes with five. CrowdStrike is so good. People are underestimating the power of CrowdStrike. By the way, there's another one. That stock is down gigantically. As is Zoom video. I got a whole bunch of them. Well, these were what? These were 19, these were IPOs last year, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, um, I'm excited about a lot of stocks, but I also keep thinking. I've got one eye on my Twitter. I mean, president, who knows? Is the U.S. government the- using CrowdStrike to secure our various systems? Or uh, is the electrical grid using CrowdStrike? To ward off what no, conceivably really, will be really Iranian incursions into various areas and or other countries? that, it, Yeah. It I mean, the Russians can basically turn off our power grid anytime they want, right? Well, that's scary, David. Don't scare people like that. I think it's true. Don't scare people like that. Why? Because you should. Uh, okay. Just highlighting potential risks, which yes, is sort of what you. we do here. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to scare people. I'm Notice the pharmaceuticals sure maybe, maybe if you learn about it, then you can stop it. You want an opportunity? Yeah. Next week is the J.P. Morgan conference. Yes, healthcare. the healthcare conference. Pharmacy. You going out today. there? Of course. You miss that? I know. I'll be there. Everybody Breaking goes. news. Everybody goes to that. Not they me. Do. You can't get a hotel like room, Carl. but you, you can stay in my place. I'm like, nice of you. I'll be doing the usual 3 a.m. Hey, did you see Deirdre Bosa? She was there at 3 a.m. I know. She's a great piece on uh, founders who are ousted, then we'll start raising money again. Wasn't that great, yeah, yeah. that piece? Great She's story. so good. People, she's so good. Uh, oil prices pulling back, obviously. Dow's down almost 100 uh, for a closer look at the sector and how companies are starting to respond to this heightened geopolitical risk. Let's get to Brian Sullivan, who's live at the Goldman Energy Conference with the chairman and CEO of Chevron. Hey, Brian. Hey, Carl. Good morning. Thank you very much. Joined by Michael Worth here of Chevron. Michael, thank you very much for taking some time. Um, first response is you have American contractors in Iraq. They have been removed from that country after the airstrike. Do you anticipate they will go back? And how much, if at all, have your operations in Iraq been impacted? Well, we don't have a big operation in Iraq. We're up north in the Kurdish region. And uh, we take security measures on an ongoing basis as we see risks uh, evolve uh, around the world. So this is a relatively normal move for us to, uh, to move some people to do their work from a different location. We've got good people on the ground still in Iraq, Iraqis. And, uh, and at some point, I think, as the situation uh, you know, clarifies itself and we view uh, the security position as proper, we'll see people return. But you're still operating, you're still producing in Iraq. Just the uh, Americans have pulled, back, pulled out? Yeah, we're actually developing uh, a discovery, so it's not in production yet, okay. so it's early phase development work. Okay, uh, are you surprised that the price of oil did not jump more than it did? Not really. Uh, You know, we saw the attack uh, last year on critical infrastructure in Saudi Arabia, and pretty quickly the market uh, reverted to areas, you know, a price range where it had been before. Uh, We continue to be in a pretty well-supplied market, and this event, uh, while it certainly is newsworthy, didn't fundamentally uh, strike energy infrastructure or change the supply and demand dynamics in the market. So I think uh, certainly a reminder of the risk that exists in our business, but fundamentally hasn't shifted supply and demand, which is really where price gets Are you adjusting your internal estimates on the price of Brent or WTI crude going forward based on not only what happened on Friday, but on the OPEC move and the recent firming up of the market a little bit over the last couple of weeks? Have you changed your estimates? No, we haven't. I mean, those are all 
uh, the kinds of things we see in this business, and uh, and we look at uh, a long-term view, really on supply and demand, and we don't overlay these shorter-term phenomena into our thinking about price and the things that drive investment. I know we got Jim and David and Carl back uh, at the New York Stock Exchange. Jim, why don't you come on in here? Sure, Mike. You're, you're really uh, probably the great visionary of the large oils, and I know you must be thinking about the day. When you do have no growth, perhaps it's because of reduction in demand for fuel, perhaps because of EV. And I know it's not that close, but you're a forward thinker. What does Chevron do when big oil has no growth? Well, look, the, the world consumes 100 million barrels of oil today. We've got uh, 6.5 billion people on the planet. 20 years from now, there will be 9 billion people on the planet. Uh, and so even in, a, in the world will need 30% more energy 20 years from now than it does today, and that will include all forms, right? Wind, solar, oil, gas, everything. And, and if you see a day when we uh, see demand begin to plateau, there's still an underlying uh, decline. It's a depletion business. As you develop the resource, you need to invest to replace that, and you've got to have a price signal that incents the replacement. So uh, there's a long future in a growth uh, environment, and there's a long future even in an environment that begins to plateau for good economic investment to continue to provide the affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner energy that the world will need. Are you surprised at all that the forward curve has not really budged despite the turmoil in the Middle East? Uh, n- not really, Jim. Uh, you know, fundamentally, supply and demand remain where they were before these incidents. Uh, we haven't seen anything that has actually changed that. Last year, we did see something that impacted supply for a period of time, which was the attack on infrastructure in Saudi Arabia. Uh, credit to Aramco for a strong recovery and uh, repair of that. Uh, but fundamentally, markets, uh, while they, they uh, see the geopolitical risk, I think we've been in a well-supplied market for some period of time here, and that's generally what uh, the view continues to be at this point. If oil prices, Mike, stayed where they are, I mean, that's a big if, 63 bucks, they were at 55 so they're up 7 or $8. Every dollar of incremental gain in the price of oil, as I understand it, benefits you to the tune of $450 million a year in additional cash flow. Is that correct? That's roughly correct, yes. One dollar increment. 450. So you're going to be sitting on a lot more free cash flow if oil prices stay this way for a significant period of time. Your capital spending budget hasn't mudged. It's been the same for three years. Would you look to increase it next fiscal year if oil prices stay at 63 on WTI? Probably not. It's a long-term business. We set our capital spending plans for a long-term value proposition for our shareholders. Our dividend is the most important thing to the people that own our stock. We've increased our annual dividend payout for 32 consecutive years. Uh, our board will make a decision on that here uh, later this month in terms of uh, 2020, but I would expect that streak to continue. So what happens? I know David's going to jump in with the question as well. What happens to that extra cash flow then? What do you do with it? it? It can strengthen the balance sheet. We're buying back shares at the rate of $5 billion a year. Uh, we've got places we can put. We've got a very disciplined financial uh, set of priorities, and we'll stay uh, consistent with those priorities. David? Thanks. Uh, uh, thanks, Brian. Uh, um, Mr. Worth, last year, ESG investing, I think, came into its own in a way that perhaps it hadn't up until then. But it's not going anywhere now. Uh, more and more assets going into these broader ESG strategies, which often don't include a company like yours. What are you doing to try to f- face down the impediments that investors may face in terms of investing in a Chevron? 
I know, for example, that in Australia you started up a CO2 injection project in early August. Great country to do it in, given the fires right now that are taking place there, perhaps as a result of, in part, climate change. But just address for me what Chevron can do when faced with so many investors who simply say that's no-go territory, that stock. Look, I spend, I'm at the Goldman Sachs conference today meeting with investors, and we talk about ESG issues. Uh, they care about the S and the G, where I would hold our company up against any. E is the one, really, that you're asking about, and within E, it's climate. It's not water or, or air quality that uh, is getting a lot of attention today. Three primary approaches that we're taking on climate. Number one is to reduce the carbon intensity of our operations. And so we've got uh, a strong commitment in place and metrics that affect my pay and the pay of every employee in the company that hold us accountable to reduce the carbon footprint of our operations. Second strategy is to integrate renewables into our business in a greater way. Uh, this includes solar and wind to power some of our operations. Uh, I've talked to Jim a little bit about some of our things on uh, renewable natural gas. We're working with dairy farmers to take uh, the byproducts of dairy farming and capture natural gas uh, for consumption. Uh, and then the third is to invest in, uh, in breakthrough technologies, which is really where uh, companies that have the scale and the technical capability should be focused is how do we find solutions that can work at scale, that can be competitive and economic with the alternatives today, and there is, uh, there is work to be done there. So we, we're focused on all three of those as we have discussions with serious investors that want to see uh, our company and those in our industry be part of the solution. I think they, uh, they understand the things that we're just, working just on. Just quickly, uh, are you going to stay in California? Your corporate headquarters is in San Ramon, across the bay from San Francisco. We've been in California. Gonna, I know, 140 for years. 140 years. You're going to stay there. It's the birthplace of our company. We were the Standard Oil Company of California. Uh, look, we've got big assets in California. We've got big refineries, big oil field there. Uh, we have people in in Texas. We have people all around the world. But it's it's been our home for 140 years, and uh, and that hasn't changed. Okay, Michael Worth, CEO of Chevron. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. I'll send it back to you at the New York Stock Exchange, Carl. All right, Brian, thanks so much. Uh, Brian Sullivan. Still to come this morning, Impossible Foods, not just focusing on burgers, the company launching plant-based pork and sausage products. Stay tuned for an interview with the CEO as the Dow's down a quick 120. Over the last six months or so, S&P's up about 8%. Tesla is up roughly 100% in a new all-time high today as Musk celebrates the first deliveries out of China. Dow down 121 this morning. We're back in a minute. Jim, what's on Matt tonight? Harman, one of the most amazing companies in the world, uh, bought by Samsung. Uh, I will show you the future with Dinesh Paliwal. He is the future. What a man. <laughs> uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, and don't forget, the Turn Back Time Tour going for 2016. That's when I'm going to shoot You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 